Good morning. Welcome to Bethlehem Lutheran Church, where God has called and gathered us here this day to receive his gifts through his word. The Old Testament reading for the third Sunday in Advent is from Isaiah chapter 40. Comfort, comfort, my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries, In the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken." A voice says, Cry. And I said, What shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades. When the breath of the Lord blows on it, surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from 1 Corinthians chapter 4. This is how one should regard us, as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found trustworthy. But with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by any human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself. I am not aware of anything against myself, but I am not thereby acquitted. It is the Lord who judges me. Therefore, do not pronounce judgment before the time, before the Lord comes, who will bring to light the things now hidden in darkness, and will disclose the purposes of the heart. Then each one will receive his commendation from God. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 11th chapter. When John heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? And Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. And the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds concerning John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? Behold, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.
So, are you rejoicing yet? Are you getting excited yet? Christmas is only 10 days away. Jesus is almost here. Can you feel the joy rising up, the excitement, the happiness at the celebration of the coming of our Lord? Celebrating the truth that our Lord became one of us, came to live among us as a man. And perhaps more importantly, are you joyful and are you ready to hear what he has to say? Because, of course, you know this is only the beginning. That Jesus didn't come just to live among us. That he didn't come just to be a man. But that he came ultimately to save us, but also to teach us, to speak to us. And it's made clear here in our introit for today what exactly it is that he is going to be speaking to us. Listen, therefore, one more time and hear our introit for today yet again. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Lord, you were favorable to your land. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. You forgave the iniquity of your people. You covered all their sin. Will you not revive us again, that your people may rejoice in you? Let me hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace to his people, to his saints. But let them not turn back to folly. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone the Lord is at hand. Today is the day of joy. At least the day of joy in Advent, anyways. But perhaps we should ask ourselves the question, why should we rejoice at the coming of the Lord? Our introit has some answers for us. And the first is about what he did historically. He, in fact, was favorable to the land, and he restored the fortunes of Jacob. No matter how many times they betrayed him, no matter how many times they abandoned him, no matter whether he sent them off into Egypt or off into Babylon, he was still favorable to the land, and he still restored the fortunes of Jacob. He still brought the people of Jacob back to the land that he had promised to give them. Our Lord is faithful and steadfast and loyal. And therefore, we should rejoice at his coming because he has proven that to us time and time and time again. He has proven that he will follow through on his promises and that therefore we can trust him to do so. But we also see from our interest that as important as some of those earthly issues were, the land and the people and where they were living and those fortunes, that even more important is what he does for his people spiritually. 
For he forgave the iniquity of his people. He covered all of their sin. And of course, we recognize that as true as that was back in the Old Testament, that it is just as true now. That in fact, that is why the Lord came. That he came in order that he would be able to cover all of our sins. That he would be able to lay down his own life and that his blood would cover us so that we would be forgiven, so that our iniquity would be washed away, and so that our Lord would not see our sin again. And so we should rejoice at the coming of our Lord because we know that he has forgiven us of our sins. We know that he comes with blessings. But what else can we expect from God when he comes? Well, we are informed again by our intro that he will revive us again in order that we might rejoice in him also. And in fact, of course, we already know the truth that he has already come to us and done this for us. He came to us in our baptisms. He revived us. He literally gave us new hearts, according to the word. Hearts that are alive and beating with love and joy and peace and faith. And so he has already done this. And then he continues to do it when he gives us his body and blood, strengthening and nourishing us in that faith so that we may stay revived, so that we may stay with those living hearts alive in him, in his joy and his peace. That's what he's already done. And in fact, there is, of course, more that he has already done for us when he comes to us. And that we see again in our introit. The introit says, let me hear what God the Lord will speak. But it tells us what he will speak. It tells us, for he will speak peace to his people, to his saints. You just heard that a few moments ago. You heard the Lord speaking peace to you. You heard it in our Old Testament reading. You heard it in our epistle. You heard it in our gospel about the peace that will come. You even heard it in our opening hymn. Peace the likes of which we just cannot imagine. Where the lion and the lamb are walking side by side being led by a little child. Peace, the likes of which Jesus speaks about, where the deaf hear, the mute speak, the blind see, and the dead are raised. That is what we can expect of our Lord. And that which we have already received even now through his word and sacrament, and that we will receive even more fully when he comes again. So that's what we can expect from our Lord. We can expect that peace that peace which is the source of our joy because we are at peace with God. But what does God expect from us? Well, the very first line of our intro, it makes it clear. Rejoice in the Lord always. And that should be easy, right? It should be easy to always be joyful. It should be easy to be joyful in the midst of suffering. 
should be easy to be joyful at these holiday times when perhaps all that you can think of are the people that aren't here to celebrate with you anymore. Rejoicing always is easy, right? Of course it's not. We live in a world of sin and darkness. We ourselves were once enemies of God. And we see the results of that truth all around us. Which means that even though it should be easy to rejoice always, that it is in fact one of the hardest things to do. And of course we recognize that that joy that's being spoken of, it's more than just an emotion. It's more than just excitement and happiness. It's also hope and faith and peace. And maybe for you, all that your joy at this time looks like is the peace of knowing that you will see those loved ones again. The peace of knowing that God cares about the loved ones who should be there but are instead out running around in the world. The peace of knowing that no matter what you've done, no matter what you've deserved, that Christ comes to speak peace to you. And so we can rejoice always, even if we're not happy, even if we're sad, even if we're suffering, we can still rejoice because we are at peace with God. God also expects us to let our reasonableness be known to everyone. Which means that sometimes you've got to talk to that relative that you don't want to talk to at Christmas. Sometimes you've got to have a conversation that maybe you don't want to have. We have to be open. We have to be reasonable. People have to be able to talk to us about things. We have to be able to listen to them talking to us in the hopes that they will listen to us when we talk to them. And of course, as it says there at the very end of our introit, let us not turn back to folly. As I mentioned before, there once was a time that we were the enemies of God, that everything that we did was to set ourselves against our Lord. And that it is only because of our Lord's sacrifice on the cross that we are no longer enemies of him. That now we are in fact at peace with him because of the sacrifice that he made. Because of the blood that he shed. And so how silly of us to turn back to that folly. How silly of us to see the darkness of the sin around us and it just waltz right back into it. But we do do that sometimes. Sometimes we do turn our backs on God and waltz right back into that folly, become his enemies again. And when that happens, when we sin, when we make those mistakes, when we fall back into those traps that we've fallen for every single time, the truth of the Lord remains, that he speaks peace to us, that his cross is eternal, 
that he will continue to give you faith, that he will continue to come to you and revive you again so that you can be filled with that joy that we all can have. Our Lord has given us great freedom by making us his saints. Over and over and over again, he has proved how loyal he is, how steadfast his love for us is, so that even when we make those mistakes, we can continue to come back to him, to repent of our sin, to turn our back on that sin and come to him and receive the forgiveness that he's promised is there. And it will be there every single time. No matter how often you need to repent, no matter how often you need to come back out of the world to come back and be at peace with him, he will be there with your forgiveness. And therefore, we are free to rely on those promises that he has made to us. And perhaps no promise is more important to us right now than the promise that he is going to come again. That he will come in glory and power, but most importantly of all, that he will come in peace for us. To make us at peace with him, that we may dwell in his peace and his joy forever. And therefore, we can trust in that promise to come, and now we can rejoice. We can rejoice for the things that he has given us. Whether we're talking about the blessing of a building that's warmed that we can come to in a place that we don't have to worry about people coming and burning down our churches or coming through the doors and shooting at us. Or whether we're talking about the fact that we live in a country where food usually isn't a problem. Our electricity is stable. We can get heat in our houses without having to burn things. Or whether you're talking about the fact that you have jobs that you can go and that you can work in to support your family. These are all blessings that God has given us. And it's okay to rejoice in those blessings, to enjoy those blessings, recognizing that God has given them to us. That God has even, in fact, given them to us as presents and gifts, as we so often love to enjoy during Christmas. But we also are free to rejoice even now because of the things that he will give us. Because we recognize that as awesome and good as the blessings are that he, give us, that he gives us here, that the blessings he brings with him are going to be even better. That the glories that we will be able to experience are nothing compared to both the sufferings that we have right now but also are nothing compared to the blessings that we have right now. Those glories will be great. They will be grand. And you are free to rejoice in them even now, trusting that our Lord is true and steadfast and loyal. And that when he comes, he will come with peace. Now may that peace which passes all understanding Guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.